Hey friend, if today you're sitting there in a pretty dark place in your marriage and you just feel either like everything is about to crack and fall apart or it's already happened and you're sitting in an apartment or your home and your husband is not there and you're just wondering, will this ever be fixed? Will you ever reconcile or will this end in divorce? Here is part two of my interview with my friend Beatrice Vargas. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I suggest you pause this, go back and listen to episode 61, which is part one, and she's going to walk us through today in part two, five steps to fully surrendering when we're in this place of trying to control the situation, hoping that it gets fixed, or even if you're just sitting there in complete despair and There's a lot of bitterness and resentment in your heart because your husband's walked out on you. Or even if it was your decision, it's still a time filled with a lot of anger and resentment. I encourage you to tune in to hear more about forgiveness and how surrendering everything to God is the key to it all. So go grab your coffee and get ready because here we go. This isn't a game of ding dong ditch. And don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. Real quick, before we jump in, I just want to make sure that you are a part of my Facebook community called Christian Wife and Marriage Community. It's where we dive deeper into topics like this, we encourage one another, we ask tough questions, and we get real. So if you've not yet joined the community, you can click on the link in the show notes or in Facebook, just search Christian Wife and Marriage and it'll pop up. And I would love to see you over there. All right, let's jump into part two of today's episode. And those are really some of the, the biggest things. I remember I had someone DM me the other day and she like gave his whole rant about how, how her husband is wrong and how his expectations are unrealistic. And, and she asked me, you know, she was looking for a free resource. I said, well, maybe I can do a podcast episode on it. So she said, oh, maybe you can do a podcast episode on this because blah, blah, blah. So my answer to her was sure. But I think this is less of a husband, ha- your husband having unrealistic expectations and more of an issue of you not wanting to change. Mm-hmm. So before I create this podcast episode, do me a favor and come back to me with three steps that you're going to do to da, 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 da. you come up with the steps. We'll talk about them. And I'm happy to give you a podcast episode on it. Mm-hmm. Her answer was ah, like, Oh, <laughs> I, that's not what I expected. So let me ask you, what did you expect? Mm-hmm. She literally said, I expected you to agree with me. And tell me that my husband's expectations were unrealistic. 
Mm-hmm. I told you, I said, well, that's what you have your mother, your sister and your best friend for. I, unfortunately, I will <laughs> not ever just agree with a client because that's not doing you a good, like that's doing you a disservice, right? It's not serving you well. Well, and that's not necessarily how conflict or issues are handled publicly yeah. either. It's not, yeah. Jesus didn't walk around and go, oh, you poor thing. You're, you know, he challenged people and he ruffled feathers and he told yeah. the truth no matter what. And I think there's a way to tell the truth in love. Yes. But that's a, a journey that we all have to kind of walk through. For sure. Um, and that's a, and a really good point. Um, I kind of want to get to the, the, I don't know, the, the catalyst, the big moment for your, oh. your marriage and how you learned how to handle that with grace, as opposed to maybe how you handled things in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward. So we're having this whole big fight and I was being really sassy about how we're going to save money for the house. Uh, what ended up happening was we really, me kind of pushed us into this decision. We decided, well, we're going to move in with my parents. So we're going to move into my parents' basement. Mind you, it's like a beautiful basement. It's totally renovated. It's like this gorgeous house, but we were going to move into their basement for a year to save money. And that money that we would save would be you know, added to our existing savings would be enough money to buy a house. Yeah, <laughs> that was the start. That was the beginning of the end. We moved into their house in September and we were separated by January because now here we are, somebody who's, we already had all these issues. Now they're magnified. Now add into that yet another change. Remember, it was like change after change after change, yet another change. Now a two hour commute to and back and forth from work. Now we're living in a household where my parents who it's my mom, my stepfather, my parents were divorced, but they were strong believers at that time. Both my parents found Christ after their divorce. Mm -hmm. So now we're living in a household where there's prayer happening all the time. It was not sitting well with my husband's spirit. It sat well with me. It was fine. But for him, he was, it was really just creating this, this stirring in him and all the way up, all those months leading up, I knew that he was leaving. I knew that he was leaving and I knew that something had to change. So even before we got to our moment where I came home from a business trip to an empty apartment, God was really speaking to me through Mm -hmm. that through the whole time. So he left in January. I went on a fast in November. And at the the last day of that fast, uh, cousin of mine, he like gave me a word. He goes, look, I have a word for you. I don't know what it's about, but like God just tells me to tell you, you need to stop, stop trying, stop trying, stop trying to make it happen. And what was going on at the time is I kept trying to get my, get my husband to go to church and believe in Jesus. Cause like, hello, that's obviously what he needed in his life. And mm-hmm. I was just right in my mind. I was like, trying to be his Holy spirit, trying mm-hmm. to sending him sermons, uh, a case for Christ. It's a great book, baby. It's a great movie. You gotta watch it. Like literally just trying my hardest to, get him to want to participate, want to participate in my, in our marriage, in church, in our church community, in small groups. Like I was trying to make him go to small groups with me. Like he didn't want to do any of it. And I was forcing him to, and he was going reluctantly because he loved me, but it was, it was causing resentment in our marriage. So that's like, you know, December, January, and I, in my efforts to fix it, I said, well, babe, maybe you should just take a break. Maybe go visit your friend in Vegas or something like go, you know, go away for a week. Maybe you just need some time. Well, so here I am. I just planted the seed 
of separation in his mind Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to fix it. That turned into my husband deciding, well, you know what? You're right. I think I'm going to get my own apartment. I was like, what? I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's too far. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, who? Well, well, I thought we moved here to save money. Now you're going to move out. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> right. So he moves out. At this point, I knew he was moving out. But the whole time I was in prayer and had a, a level of relationship with God like I had never had in my life. Because what was going on is here we are now we're living in the same house, like roommates, we're not speaking to each other, I walk into a room, he walks out, he would kind of step aside in the hallway so as not to even brush my shoulder because he didn't even want to be like near me in any way. Mm-hmm. It was just I would go to sleep, he would go to sleep an hour and a half after me so that he didn't have to talk to me. Like I was surprised we we're even sleeping in the same bed. But it was mm-hmm. just like, just so separated which is how I knew that we were getting separated because emotionally we were already separated before that happened. And I kept finding myself. I remember one day we got to the train and he sees me and now we're commuter train sees me at the train station and gets onto the train or like leaves the house. Yeah. He left the house without me. He did not wait for his wife Mm. to leave the house, to drive the 30 minutes to the train station. Mm. He left without me. And that just broke me. And on the 30 minutes there, I was praying with like such a ferocity, like, God, I cannot, like, what do I do? I cannot take it. I didn't know what to do. Just tears and tears. And I saw him on the train and I sat next to him and we rode the train in silence. And like I said, eventually he ended up leaving. But when he's all this time, really, that I was in such intense prayer before he left, that's when God was speaking to me and kind of letting me know, even before he left, like, okay, this is what you got to do. This is, you know, this is how you should handle this. And so even before we were separated, I was treating him with grace because God was, I, I, I would get a check. I would get a check in my spirit every time I drive home and I'd sit in my car and I'd argue with God and I'd be like, okay, you know what I'm feeling and thinking right now? And you know what I'm going to say when I walk in there, right? Because God knows our thoughts and he knows our heart. And I would take all that and I would say, God, like I surrender it. Just take all of it, all of it. Just take it out. And I would ask him, like, please fill me with your grace. Like fill me with your words because my words are not going to be kind. So please, like I, I just needed just a little bit <laughs> to get through, you know, the few hours before we had to get to bed that night. And this was every night. I would do this before I come home. So by the time I came home, you know, to this empty apartment, because that day was move day and I broke down into a puddle on the floor. Like I knew, like I knew God was with me, but I knew that it was going to be okay. And at that time, God has spoken a word over me where he said like, you'll be back together by September. So in nine months, this was January. And God was very clear. You'll be back together by September. And I remember telling my mom, God told me I'm going to be back. We're going to be back together by September. And my mom was like, oh, honey, like, oh, you <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just telling you what God told me. I'm not making this up. Why would I say September? Right. And sure enough, by September, we were back together, but that's not without, without a lot of, him and me and like the prayer the wishing the big thing is I would wish or pray I would I pray to God for a new man 
because biblically my husband was an unbeliever and he walked he walked out on me he abandoned me so biblically it says in the bible that i was free to let him go and that i was free like i was free of this covenant and that's what my pastor told me and i was like okay i'm free of this covenant and so i started to pray for a new man because i was like well i don't want to be alone forever and then God started to put on my heart. He said, I'm going to give you a new man, but he's going to be the same one. Isn't it ironic how when we learn to listen to yes. God, he tells us things. And it's often in those darkest moments, in the quiet of the car, in those, yeah. those moments where we tried everything we could to fix it, to fix him, to fix ourselves, to take control of the situation. And it's only when we've learned the hard way sometimes, not that we have to, but even when we learn the hard way, he is there telling us these things, you know, for you, it was that he is going to give you a new man, but it's going to be the same one for, for me, it was praying over my husband for him to spiritually wake up, to come to life and not be able to sleep. and he texts me right then I can't sleep. And there's like these, these coincidences that line up where we learn to listen to the Holy spirit, to him moving. When you said that you felt the Holy spirit, you know, it wasn't you, (laughs) that it was the Holy spirit. He's constantly trying to draw our hearts closer to him to help us have the grace that we need to walk through these things because without grace to go to walk through these moments, I mean, it, it it can end up completely destructive, catastrophic, you yeah. know, to the marriage, to people around us and, and ultimately to ourselves. And so hearing you talk about these moments from, you know, way beforehand and then during, and then as you are coming back together, I'm sure that made a difference. So how, how did that, when you started to reconcile, how did he and you decide to come back together, you know, differently than you had started. Well, the crazy thing is I didn't decide to come back differently because I, I certainly had learned a lot about giving him grace, right? Mm-hmm. But I was hurt and I was angry. And for me, getting back together with him was more of an obedience issue. Because God told me that we would be back together at this at this time, and this is the time that my husband came back. So to me, it was like, okay, God, this is what you said. I was just kind of going along with it mm-hmm. because that's what God told me. But my heart wasn't healed of all that pain that He had just put me through, you know. And um, so I said, okay, yes, you know, I moved back in. I try to reconcile. Obviously, I still love my husband and I still wanted our marriage to work. But what happened the first few months that we were back together was that I was so angry and hurtful, like hurted, not hurtful. Yeah, hurtful. I was hurtful too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was holding on to so much unforgiveness. I think I was saying that I was forgiving him, but I wasn't truly forgiving him, right? I was like, still holding on to the right to say you hurt me. Right. And it was just, it was a really painful time for me. It was like, there was one point where I was cleaning the apartment and um, I found ticket stubs 
for a concert that happened while we were separated and it was two ticket stubs to his favorite band so I knew oh he must have gone out and on a, on a date and like mm-hmm. oh my gosh that was a disaster <laughs> like how he, he was greeted that that night when he came mm-hmm. home but it was it was so bad that finally I started to break down I said god you didn't save my marriage for this it's worse now than it was before what was all that for and then I felt God say that you need to surrender it and I was like oh and I realized that I had to surrender all that pain that hurt that anger like all this unforgiveness that I was holding on to that I was just for me forgiveness was just a word but I wasn't truly understanding what it meant Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that moment that it was literally on my knees crying. And I was just like, God, I cannot take it anymore. Please like, just take it from me. I surrender it all to you. And it, at that moment, I felt like a weight was lifted from my shoulders, like a physical weight. And I just was like, wow. And my marriage was never the same after that, from that one moment. That just gave me chills because... Yeah. I think regardless, and this is what I'm finding interesting, regardless of how many people either I interview for the show or I just talk to about our stories like this, mm-hmm. it's always the moment of surrender, that complete utter mm. surrender. And sometimes, sometimes that's before a separation happens and they never have to walk through that. And that's yeah. great. Sometimes it's for me during our separation and to the point of just accepting whatever the circumstance outcome storyline would be. And that was right before we started to reconcile. Mm-hmm. And for you, it was after reconciliation, but you still got to that point of surrender. And I think that's a huge, a huge point that I'm sure many, many people need to hear is, have you fully surrendered? If you're still battling your desire to, to fix, to control, to make something happen, to change your spouse, to change a circumstance? Have you fully, fully surrendered? And I honestly think that that's a good point to this whole story here is, you know, I've gotten some messages recently about how do I walk through this? Um, One said, you know, she's separated and her husband wants a divorce. Mm -hmm. How do you walk through that? How do you get through it with grace? And really all I can say is fully surrender because it's, it's those quiet moments where the Holy Spirit has led us and told us things and, and drawn near to us that we've had to learn how to pay attention to. And the sooner that we do that, the more often that we do that, the better it is for whatever we're going to walk through, whether it's a marriage that's difficult, a separation, a divorce that's difficult, a reconciliation that's not easy. None of that's easy. Ultimately, it has to start with us, right? Like you had to change the way that you felt and treated and um, dealt with hurt and pain toward your husband. And it wasn't even about him necessarily. Of course, someone can continue to, to hurt us and maybe they don't change right away, but we had to walk through our own journeys of letting God change us first. Yeah. I think the, the idea for so many women is you have to be at a place. Like, how do you get to that place of surrender? 
because for me, I had already worked through all the heart mm -hmm. and God had already delivered on his promise. So, so how do you get to that place? So I, um, I teach women basically that there's like about five things that you should do. Right. And the, to, even to get to the place of surrender, number one is you have to know what you want. So you have to know that you want to be in this marriage and that you're going to fight for it. So if you know, even if you're separated, that God spoke a word to you, or you just, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that, that this marriage is not done, right? You have to know what you want. You have to make a decision, pick a road and stick with it. So know what you want, make that decision. Number two, I tell women, they need, they need to get some sort of support. So whether that is from, you know, a coach or friends or whatever, the important thing with the support is that support has to be somebody who is not going to be afraid, who's not going to shy away from calling them out and giving them loving correction. So if, if your mom is a person who can call you out and give you, and give you loving correction, great, then that's a great person for you. But that, which is why sometimes it, it should be a coach or a third party person. So the important part you want about this person is a, not only so that they're going to be someone who will call you out or who will give you loving correction, but it needs to also be someone who is not going to judge you or your husband for any of the things going on, because what happens, what's going to happen is if you ultimately reconcile that person who was judging you will all of a sudden start to throw that back in your face. Remember when he did this, remember when he did that, that's not how God works in his forgiveness. He doesn't forgive his sins anymore. So really getting um, that impartial uh, support really is, and whatever you choose, but really making sure that that person has to be impartial. Number three, I always tell women they, they should give their husband space. So, you know, if he's asking for a separation, like it sounds counterintuitive to say, okay, but really what he's saying is he needs space. And a lot of times it's God saying, let me deal with it. I'm actually trying to take you out of the equation right now because you keep meddling in. At least that's what was happening to me. And I find that that is what's actually happening for a lot of other people. So by giving him his space, you're showing him that you're respecting his boundaries. And we're starting to go into that thing where we're actually showing our husbands that we do respect him, even though we say we do, we may not always be showing him that we do. So by giving him that space, it's, it's actually starting to show him that we respect him. Number five, I say we show him the love of Jesus. So what does that mean? In times where you're really in conflict with your husband, maybe you're in the middle of separation, divorce, all these things, maybe you find out he cheated, right? Like I've heard all the stories now at this point, Jesus loved us no matter what, even when we were sinners. And when you show him kindness that he does not deserve, which is really the grace that we talk about, when you show him that, you are showing him Jesus. So especially for any listeners who uh, husbands might be unbelievers, like this is going to be a really big key because instead of us trying to make him believe or, or help him along in his faith by sending him sermons and inviting him to church, showing him the love of Jesus through our actions in the midst of separation or in the midst of these really trying times, which are the hardest times for him, that's really what's going to show him, oh, that's what Jesus love, love looks like. And, and for me, it was moments where and there was a moment where I was fighting with my husband. One of those nights I was telling you, I was coming home, talking to God, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. God tells me, go buy him a TV. And I'm like, what? And I'm arguing with God in my car. What? Buy him a TV. Like, I just, I, I don't 
want to buy him a TV, like buy him a TV for his new apartment. That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. And I walked into the house and I told my mom, mom, you're not going to believe God just told me to buy him a TV. And my mother said, well, girl, you better get back outside and go buy him that TV. And I was like, I felt like betrayed by my mom. How, how could she do that? But my mom is like, God tells you to do something, no matter how crazy it is, you go ahead and do it. And I did, I bought him the TV. And for my husband, it was like, wow, but why did you do that? That was so kind. Mm -hmm. I didn't deserve that. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? And you know what I told him? I said, well, that wasn't me. That was Jesus. You can tell me. (laughs) He told me buy you the TV. I did not want to buy you the TV, but it was like, just, it's a funny example Mm -hmm. that I use a lot, but it's just, it's such a great example of when we show him the love of Jesus, we are showing him love that we are not capable showing in our own strength so we're showing him this like supernatural love and kindness that a he doesn't deserve and b we're not capable of doing on our own and then the last thing um that i tell women's just like six things right so oh no that's five so the last thing i say is surrender the outcome which is what we were talking about Mm -hmm. is that moment of surrender so all this time you know you're getting in your word and you're, you're praying about it and obviously this is all assuming that you've already been in prayer about it and you're already hearing from God about it right like that should be like you know before you get to step one you have to do that but assuming that you're already doing that before you can even come to this point of surrender these are the the things that I think really make a huge difference and then that's that point of surrender like that's the not just the cherry on top, because like you said, everyone you talk to that talks about this place of reconciliation, but like, that's the, the place where the change happens. Yeah. But I believe in, in doing these other actions, that's how God starts to work on your heart to create that change, to get you to that place. And I'm sure, you know, you, I've heard your story before and, mm-hmm. and, and thinking of the other stories that you've heard a lot of the things that you hear are these steps, right? Like women making a decision, they're going to fight for their marriage, making a decision or getting support in some way, shape or form, you know, going out there and giving him his space and then going out there and showing him the love of Jesus, which then after all that brings them to this place of, okay, now I surrender. And once you surrender that outcome, that's when God says, okay, now, now that you're not trying to control it anymore, now I can take it and put my blessing on it. I, I love that. And I think it it's broken down really well. And I, I would say to number three about giving space, I was just asked recently if the separation, if my separation was necessary and all I can really say to that is it has to be out of obedience. It's not just, Oh, I'm going to give him space. So I'm going to leave or he needs space. Okay. We should separate it anytime it gets hard. It's when you're walking in obedience and you've made the decision to still show love toward him, like you said, it's not space taken in anger or space taken as, you know, a means to an end of I'm going to get what I want. Mm. If, if it's his choice or if that's, what's necessary and you have listened to God and he's going to put you in your separate corners and deal with you separately so that you can come (laughs) back together, you know, well, then it can be a useful tool. But, um, I love that you also mentioned the love of Jesus, because I, I know that that can only come from understanding how loved we are individually by him and how he died for our sins too. And that's so much easier to show that love to the other person when we have that understanding for ourselves. And it has to start with understanding that 
on our own. Also, I want to say about um, giving him space is it's funny because initially we think give him space, that means separate. Mm-hmm. But also what I mean by give him space is emotionally. So that, like you said, that does not mean you need to jump to separation. Right. You could make your marriage better living in the same house. I mean, that's probably the best thing for all parties involved, but it right. means emotionally allow him the emotional space. You know, I met and you know, I had earlier in my story, I told you how when my husband would retreat, I would cling to him even more at what was happening because I was actually making an idol of my marriage. Mm -hmm. And so for me in our situation, I think God used that separation for me to see my idol, my marriage should not be an idol. So hopefully one, you, the listener does not have to go through that. Right. Right. For this reconciliation to come. So yes, I thank you for clarifying that. And also making me realize that, yeah, let me clarify my point. It's not <laughs> giving us license. Cause I know a lot of people who'd be like, Oh, as she said on the show, that's license for me to separate It's not right. licensed to separate. It's like you said, it comes in as an act of obedience, but really it's more about this emotional, you know, understanding that it, it also being part of that surrendering the outcome, understanding that your marriage is not the idol. Exactly. Because once you make it an idol, God will take away idols really quickly. Real quick. We don't want our idols, you know, our marriage to be taken away. Like, don't yeah. make it an idol. You know, right. don't make the 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 love that you have for your husband. I mean, that's biblical. God says that, you know, as women, we are going to desire our husbands. God created us that way, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. He understands that about us. Like he he like there's grace for that, but there's a difference between that and worshiping almost the idea of having a successful marriage if you will exactly well thank you Beatrice for sharing all of that I know it's not always easy sharing our parts of our story that we didn't intend on being there yeah and if we still had an option maybe wouldn't have wanted to include in our story but I love how just the message of God pursuing you Um, was woven all throughout. And I just hope that listeners hear the hope throughout your story and that they can know that it's available to them too. And if they've been feeling those little Holy Spirit moments that they can turn their hearts towards him and allow him to to change them uh, first and foremost. And um, so thank you so much for that. And um, tell my listeners where they can find you and hear more about you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So you can find me on the Grace Fuels Wife podcast. That's where I hang out the most. I'll be there every week. You can go ahead and check me out there. I am also on Instagram at the Grace Fuels Wife and in my Facebook group, which is the Grace Fuels Wives Club um, or at thegracefuelswife.com. All those places you can find me, but really checking me out on the podcast is the most like fun freeway you know, you can hear me talk about all different kinds of topics and that's where I'd love to connect for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.